Hello, Christ Central Church. Uh, good morning. My name is Aaron. I serve as one of the pastors here. I'm glad to be with you this morning. Uh, we are continuing our series today, uh, our series titled Hear Our Cry, and I'll be preaching uh, Psalm 23. So as a custom, I ask that you would uh, please stand for the reading of God's word. A Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Scripture teaches us in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 8, that the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Please join me in praying. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your sufficient grace. We thank you for your abundant love, and we thank you for your never-ending mercy. Be with us today and help us to see more clearly, correct the vision of our hearts that we might serve and love you fully. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to ask you a question. Have you ever been in a time where you sensed God was protecting you or present with you? Uh, there have been many times for me personally, but let me tell you about one time. Uh, heading into my sophomore year at Cisco Junior College in West Texas, uh, it was a very challenging time of life, and so uh, the school was um, in a desolate place, if you will. And so anytime we could go home, we would jump on the highway and head down Interstate 20, leaving West Texas, headed towards Dallas. On one trip, there's a couple of things that I distinctly remember. Well, three things, actually. I remember me driving behind a semi-truck and getting over uh, to pass that semi-truck. I remember that after I passed the truck and somehow passed me a little bit later now, I was driving a 1979 Buick Regal and it was the fastest car on the highway, in my opinion. And then something happened that I will never forget. Shortly after the truck passed us, while I was driving about 75 miles an hour on the highway, my passenger side rear wheel broke off and flew down the, the side of the highway behind us. Although it was extremely scary, it sent us sliding into the shoulder, the inside shoulder of the highway, uh, but it, it happened so fast that we didn't have time to be afraid. As the car came to the stop, I can only think about one thing. I can only think about when we passed that truck and then later on that truck passed us and what would have happened if that truck had been behind us. We looked over the highway and we could never find the tire, so we were, it's three of us standing on the side of the highway trying to figure it out, and a buddy of mine ran across the highway and saw the tire. 
Let me just pause there for a moment and think about this in the story. Somehow, that tire that broke off of my car, that rim and that tire, bounced across multiple lanes on a highway, missed cars, it didn't hit a truck, it didn't hit one person, it didn't cause any wreck, and nobody was injured from it. In fact, it landed in a green pasture on the side of the highway. And so I came to think that not only did God protect me and my friends, but he probably protected many and probably answered the prayers and protection of many on that day. Psalm 18 verse 30 says this, this God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. God is our good shepherd. Uh, he is a shepherd that cares for us. He knows the depths of our emotions and our heart. He is a shepherd that sees past what is visible to us that we might be protected and cared for. He is a shepherd that actually smells like sheep because he's with us. He's always present and he's always protecting. And today I'd like to challenge our thoughts and say that I believe that he's right here with us now. You may be struggling with this reality, and so my hope is that this passage brings us all to the front and center of this reality. The 23rd Psalm is known as the pearl of the Psalms, whose soft and pure radiance delights every eye. A song of delightfulness, it, it may be affirmed also that its piety and its poetry are equal in sweetness and its spirituality are un surpassed. Augustine, uh, Augustine is said to, to have beheld in a dream the 119th Psalm rising before him as a tree of life in the midst of a paradise of God. This 23rd Psalm may be compared to the fairest of flowers that grew around that tree. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. My shepherd. Notice that the psalmist David didn't say a shepherd. He didn't say the shepherd. Uh, he said my shepherd. And he says this because my shepherd, that phrase is personal. That phrase is relational. There is meaning to that phrase that there is relationship history there. You don't just call anybody your shepherd. There has to be a consistent characteristics followed by actions for this to be so. He is the shepherd that has unlimited provision. Uh, he's the great provider. The next phrase says, I shall not want. And that means that I will lack for nothing, that I have what I need because he gives me what I need. Let me pause there for just a second because in our culture or even in such a time as this, many of us get anxious and worried about what we don't have. Or we worry about the things that we may not have in the future or that we won't have enough. Most of us, but not all of us, at this very moment can walk to our refrigerator and our personal pantries and glance at the stockpile of goods that we have. But 
we have this need. We, we, we have this idea that we won't have enough, and underlying that is that we, we probably believe that we won't because God won't provide it for us. The very thought that our reserves might get tapped into makes us anxious, worried, and depressed. The worries that crowd our minds and flood our heart about our own sense of self-sustainability cause us to be anxious and forget that because of the good shepherd, we will lack nothing. He makes us lie down in green pastures. That was I was reading this in Bible study a few weeks ago. Uh, I was convicted. I was convicted primarily because of my uh, selfishness. Um, I was thinking about how me as a father in my home, I make my kids go lie down sometimes and use the phrase, go lay down and get out of here or go take a nap because you're tired. And I've got the opportunity because of the stay at home order to be able to see them more and experience them more. But in that conviction, I started thinking about most of the time that I ask my children to go lay down or get out of my presence. It's a selfish thing, not for them, but for me. I want my space. I want them to stop talking so loud. I want them to stop arguing about small little toys that don't even matter that will be gone next week. But deep down in my heart, it's selfishness. And then I think about the goodness of God. He makes us to lie down in green pastures, not because he doesn't want to be in our presence. In fact, I'd like to say that he would like to be in our presence even more. But some of us need to be made to lie down in places that are peaceful, that we may be restored and that we might be refreshed. I'm thankful that God is not like me, some of us need to be made to do things. We are hard-headed and stubborn and too busy uh, in what we think we need to be doing, but actually we need to be restored. He restores my soul. Charles Spurgeon says, says it this way. He says, when the soul grows sorrowful, he revives it. When it is sinful, he sanctifies it. When it is weak, he strengthens it. He does this. So maybe today in this current season that we are experiencing, maybe in the sovereignty of God, maybe he's making us lie down in the green pastures of our homes so that he might just restore us. But maybe some of you are here in verses four through five. Well, the psalmist writes this, and you can see the context of the passage change. He says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my uh, cup overflows. In, the verse, uh, in these verses, uh, four and five, there's a different use of a uh, relational word that we see here. We switch from he to you. You seems to, to have a little bit more oomph to it, right? 
you seems to, to, to even be more personal, it, and it carries the weight of the characteristics that are associated with the, with the word me in verses 1 through 3, but, 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 but into a different context that requires more trust and more faith. The valley of the shadow of death. This is not the same as green pastures. The valley is not the same as still waters. The valley uh, is, uh, does not feel like God is restoring my soul. Have you ever been in a valley before? The valley seems hopeless, not hopeful. The valley is a place where it is lonely and isolated. It is hard and is typically a place that you do not want to be. The valley is suffering. But if you look at that passage, I want you to notice the phrase, even though. This phrase is a setup that, that leads us to a place where we get to see something about the shepherd that is comforting. Even though is a faith statement. David says, even though. David had been to the valley David had been in situations where he needed the protection and the presence of God. David had been pursued and threatened by his enemies. But David knew something that we all need to know right now today, and that God is with us. Uh, we, we, we need to know that God doesn't stop being Emmanuel just because it's not Christmas time, that he is always with us, and we need to hide that truth in our hearts. We need to hide that truth so that we might be able to withstand that night when we get that late phone call. We need to know that God is with us when the marriage struggles come and continue to get worse. We need to know that God is with us when that interview that you got didn't work out like you thought it would. We need to know that God is with us right now in this pandemic that has been caused by COVID-19. I'd like to say that men and women need to know. I'd like to say that boys and girls need to know. I'd like to say that married folks and singles, workers and non-workers, pastors and staff, as well as church members, we need to know that he is with us. We need to be like David, that even though things are not working out like we thought they would or that we expected that they should, that no matter how dark the shadows may be, no matter how tall the, the valley hills are, we need to know that the good shepherd is preparing a table for us in the midst of our enemies and the valleys that we are in. When we know this, we don't have to run. When we know this, we don't have to fear. We don't have to be anxious. We don't have to be depressed. We don't, we don't have to run and, and hide because we know that the circumstances and the situations may be different, but the God that we serve is not. Transition to verse 6. David says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see what he's doing? He's showing us his faith. Do you hear his faith? 
He's showing it to us so that we might be able to see it clearly. He says this word, surely. This might be challenging for you. It might be hard for you to believe this at this moment, but look at the words of David. In the, after coming from a rough context, he says, surely. This means without a doubt. He said, this, this means that I know for certain, surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Tony Evans says that shepherds uh, usually have a sheepdog to help them with the sheep. Uh, to keep them close and protected when the shepherd uh, may not be able to see certain things. We saw earlier that the shepherd also has a rod and a staff. The rod was used oftentimes to protect the sheep from animals like wolves or to prod them to continue to keep moving in the direction that needed to be go. The staff had a hook on the end of it, and it was there to save the sheep and to prevent them from wandering or falling off of an unseen cliff. At the end of the passage, we now see two other sheepdogs. Their names are goodness and mercy. And they won't stop following us. No matter where we are, they are always present. We, we have a good shepherd in the Father. He sent his son Jesus who embodies goodness and mercy. And you see, through belief in him, we get eternal life and not condemnation. We get grace and favor. Uh, we get goodness and mercy. So while we are still living and breathing here on earth, we see this because the goodness and the mercy are always a part of God's character. They never leave. They are always around. They are in your presence whether you like it or not. You see, Jesus knew that his father was a good shepherd. Jesus knew this so deeply, uh, he knew about the, the goodness and the mercy. And so that when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, carrying the weight of our sin, when he was in the valley of the shadow of death, when his enemies were surrounding him, he knew how good the shepherd was. The this, this, uh, this goodness and, and this mercy led him. It led him so much so that in the midst of this pressure of carrying the sin and being separated from the Father because of our sin, he, he prayed. You've read it before, and then he, he asked God, and then he submitted. And then he died. But he defeated death as we had the opportunity to celebrate that on Easter, the resurrection, because the grave had zero tackling ability. It couldn't hold him. It couldn't keep him there. Jesus broke out of death because he knew how good the shepherd was. Jesus was securing the place that David is talking about so that we might be able to dwell in his presence and his protection forever. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we are grateful that your wisdom is magnificent. We are grateful that your grace doesn't run out. 
We are thankful for your goodness and your mercy and how it follows us. Thank you for being the good shepherd that provides. Thank you for being a good shepherd that is in our presence and is not fed up with us. Thank you for being a good shepherd that protects. God, I pray that our faith would be increased and I pray, Lord, that you would help us to see you clearly. That in this season that we are experiencing this pandemic and everyone is being impacted in different ways, that we would be wise and discerning on what you are trying to do in us. Lord, if you're leading us to green pastures and still waters, help us to see that and to embrace it. God, if you've leading us into the valley of the shadow of death, or if you're leading us into a place of enemies, help us to be discerning there and to trust you and know that you will never leave us and you will never forsake us. Bless us that we might be able to see your goodness and your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen.